Second beer. I got myself, I brought back the first cast IPA. Are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. We've been recording for a minute here, but yeah? rolling oh, okay. into it, whatever. All right. Lovely. Yep. Sorry, did I just blow your... No, man. It's <laughs> the magic of podcasts. Who gives a fuck? You know, we'll put it all up there, and if people don't want to listen to us petting your dog and talking bullshit, Oh, this whatever. girl right here, this yeah. girl, she's ridiculous. Come here, you. Come here, you. So I just went upstairs and fetched myself a first cast IPA from... Elevation Beer Company. And what I get for you? The I'm drinking, Odell's. I'm drinking Odell's. I think it's called like the Grinder. And the idea is, if you read the side of the can, okay. they have built themselves a special machine that grinds down the hops to use every part of the hops to get to more of the, uh, you know about this stuff, the, uh, what is it called, terpenes? The... You know, the stuff that gives it the pininess and the citrus. Well, that's terpenes and weed. You get that piney smell. Um, I think hops are the same. I know they're from the same family. Yeah, and terpenes appear in food. I'm not even sure what a fucking terpene is entirely. It's like a chemical compound that is in food and weed and plants and shit. I'd imagine that's what you're getting out of the hops by grinding them down so much. I don't know shit about making beer, though. But here's the kicker. Yeah. Tastes like an IPA. Yeah, well, cheers. Cheers. I'll tell you why I like IPAs is because they're boozy. Sure. You know? It's also become just like the standard middle-of-the-road beer for our generation, too, though. Like, it's just what we're always drinking. An IPA just tastes like a beer to me. When My ever... motivation is alcohol content. I'll always read the side of the can, and if it's like a 6.8 or a 7.2, I'm buying it. Really? That's what you like? Yeah. I, li- I, like, a, I like a beer that packs a punch, because I figure, and this is, this is probably me being kind of a pansy about things, but... Okay. I figure if I'm going to be consuming those calories, okay, weighing myself down, yeah. having a big head, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I figure I just enjoy the ride a whole lot more than if, I, like, why drink Bud Light? It seems like more trouble than it's worth. Because I'll drink a Coors Original. I'll drink a Coors Light. We got a Coors upstairs. We got to drink a Coors because we're in Colorado. I'll drink, uh, Coors Original is great. Coors Light is great when it's hot out. I guess I could drink a Bud Light when it's hot out, but... I'll just never understand somebody that drinks, like, eight Bud Lights over the course of a football game. Like, I'd rather have three whiskeys and a big beer and get the same uh, same effect. But then well, I don't get an, don't an like extra... Whiskey. They like Bud Light. I think... Well, that's true, bro. That's I, true. I think that you got a lot of complex ideas about masculinity and regionalism <laughs> tied up in this whole beer spiel you're giving. No, me. no, it's just like Because it's you like, drink IPAs, so, but you're not a pansy, right? Right. And you're not Bud Light, but Coors. That's a Colorado thing, brother. Well, that's a Colorado thing, That's yeah. a straight-up Colorado thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very Colorado thing. If you have any Colorado loyalty, you drink Coors products Listen to you, you regionalist. Products. You are a regionalist. Absolutely, Bo. You are a Colorado But here's, here's what I'll say. Yes. Even eight Bud Lights okay. is an extra, like, thousand calories, twelve hundred calories on your belly. My brother and I once... Especially if you're drinking at yeah. night and you go to bed with all that shit on your stomach. Yeah, but... That's how you get a beer gut, you know? Yeah, but it's also, like... So my brother and I once drank 30 Bud Lights each. We... I... I was going into town to visit him in Virginia... And as we got together in the morning, he picked me up at the airport or something, and as we were just kind of bullshitting and talking, we both agreed that we could probably drink 30 Bud Lights in the go. 
And we stopped at the liquor store, and we got a couple 30-packs, and we each drank a 30-pack of Bud Light. That sounds pretty miserable. Yeah, but here's the thing. After your 10th Bud Light, they're pretty much all the same. So whether you drink 10 Bud Lights, 12 Bud Lights, 20 Bud Lights, you're getting just as drunk. Because at a certain point, it's leaving you as fast as it's going into you. And I just believe with Bud Light, you can get this cycle where once you tip over a certain point, that's as much Bud Light as going to make an impact. And that's what we did. We drank 30 Bud Lights. It took us all day. Um, and we probably each came up around like 28, I bet, because we probably passed one or two out to somebody or spilled a couple. Um, and then we went into a bar afterwards. And we each got like one regular beer and were immediately falling down drunk. And <clears throat> yeah. had to be like carried home. I have a similar story. Okay. <clears throat> I did yoga a few days ago. Yep. And the fella next to me challenged me to 30 sun salutations. Okay. And I said, sure. All right. You're on, Brett. Okay. uh, (laughs) And I did 30 sun salutations. And then I did one downward dog. Yep. And I shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) That story is very similar. You're right. It shares a similar structure. Isn't it? Yeah. It's a very similar story. (laughs) And it really reinforces... Um, you know, the, some of, some of the questions that I have around, uh, your worldview. <laughs> it, it gets deep and dark, pal. I wasn't deep. sure where I wanted to pull that one. Oh, sure let me see that venom really quick. Where's that venom? Dude, that's sick. Thanks, buddy. That's fucking that. sick, bro. Sick. It's all right. That's sweet. Still trying to figure out a few things on it. I'm going to go with marker. I'm going to go in here with marker with some like red and pinks. That's going to become a very like intense, bold. That's killer. Look there, and I'm gonna try to do like the webbing all inside. It' pretty complex. Um, and I'm kind of like the, cool with this stuff. I love that kind of scribbly effect on his shoulder. Thanks, man. I wasn't sure about that. It took me a minute to get there. Um, I'm still not even sure about it. Even as I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm just not sure if that. Does I think it's great. I like that. I want him to have a complexion like a gas leak, like a gas leak. You know, like like a puddle of gasoline that has that fucking mm. weird reflective mm-hmm. look on it. Mm-hmm. And it, I wanted to kind of like devolve into. An almost sort of surrealist scribbling bit. I don't know. I think it works. But um, yeah, that was just killer. a fun little practice piece. That's there. That was something to do. I've been seeing so much Venom lately. He's all over the place. And I just kind of want to draw that like big side face. Everybody is. On Instagram right now, all the artists that I follow, all their pages are fucking, have been choked with Venom lately. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Venom's fun to draw. Venom's always fun to draw. Yeah, I bet. Yep. So we're sitting here with my sketchbook to look at issue two. So I can tell you where this thing is going. Okay. And what my motivations are on it, where we're at. I've got about, I've got most of issue two drawn and written simultaneously as it was penciled in this thing. And I've started inking pages. So the first thing I've got is this spread following up on the on the fight. I really wanted to have them fight the Dick Tentacle Squid Monster. Sure. So I just opened up in another super chaotic page, and right in the middle of it is the werewolf biting a Dick Tentacle. He's really, really getting in there. You've really got some teeth in the Oof. Dick, and I wanted to give the Dick this kind of strained, Aye. arching look. And then down here in the corner, you've got him, like, pulling and tearing on it. And I wanted to give Fred the really, like, shocked look of seeing the stoner wolf chewing yeah, on a Dick. man. And I wanted to take that that gut punch that I got off people from the last page of the first issue where they see the dick monster and they're like, sure. oh my god. 
And then I wanted to start the next issue worse. So that was my inspiration here, was to do something worse than what I had just done, which was one of my, like, hardest to stomach pieces of art yet. Um, that dick monster, I was really going out of my way to draw something offensive, and then I decided to have a dog chew on the dick, you know, to, to make it worse. I was only going for worse on this. And then Dick not, strangling not him. Not to mention getting jabbed in the eye. Yeah, then down here we've got him Oof. still chewing the dick and the dick jabbing him in the eye. Um, so I really went for it. And what's happening here is Fred the Fed is kind of wrestling himself free of the tentacles. And he says, God damn it, Stoner. Will you spit that thing out? And he says, we've got to smoke this Jack. Jack to the future. And they smoke this strain called Jack to the Future, which is a combination of Jack Herrera and Syrian uranium. Mm. And the Stoner Wolf hits it, and that sends them time traveling. Let so me ask, yeah. let me ask you this: Send it in that image, yep. in the lower right mm -hmm. of the werewolf wrestling a dick tentacle, yep, and getting the dick head in his eyeball. Yeah, oh, yeah, down here. What would you rather be, the eye or the dick? I. Either one would not really feel good. Would you rather get your dick bit or get a dick poked in your eye really hard? <laughs> I think I'd rather get a dick poked in my eye than my dick bit. So hard. Okay, you get the eye dick. You get the dick poked in your eye so hard that you have to go to the hospital and like wear an eye patch around for six weeks, and then you have a follow up visit with the doctor. <laughs> Sure. Or you get bit in the dick hard enough that you've got to like do a little Band-Aid Neosporin job okay. and leave it alone for a while, but you don't need to see a doctor <laughs> over it. But it's going to bother you for a couple of days. Couple, and, right. and you'll never forget that girl. What's what's biting my dick? A girl? A, a girl. Is this... Uh, I don't know. I guess I was assuming a girl because that, that again... Is this because we're arguing or like... I don't know. Maybe she's... She's... she's Maybe mm. giving me oral pleasure and, uh, I was imagining, uh, so I just, a, is, yeah. the cat knocks a plate off the counter and it makes her jump and she accidentally, ah, yeah, yeah, accidentally bites on it. Yeah. Just like that. Because I was, I'll take that. I've okay. had that happen before. Yeah. 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 A couple days out of commission. I, one time is <clears throat> I was climaxing. <laughs> my okay. my dick jumped enough. Oh man! That it whacked her in the tooth, hmm. and cut my cut my dick a little bit. Bleed? That was a little bit. This is so that was on me. I was I was climaxing that hard. It was great. I mean, it wasn't great whacking my dick on her tooth, but she didn't. This might feel like a little bit of a humble brag to me. That's not a dick bite. That's like you just fucking like jammed it. I mean, know? a you tooth fucking... a tooth broke the skin. All right. Well, I'm talking about a harder bite than that. I'm, and you know what else? I'm talking about like a, arf, like a chomp, arf. like a bite down and chomp <laughs> for a second that like you can't get your dick back. Like your dick is in clutches for a second, ah. and it's not tied in with like this psychosexual pleasure of like orgasm mm -hmm. and getting your dick bit at the same time or whatever well, the stories you're telling me from the basement of the Armory in San Francisco. All right. So let me ask you this. To get that, to get poked in the eye with a dick. Yeah. Is it like you're in the middle, like you're in the middle of wrestling with a guy? 
<laughs> and it just kind of naturally it's, it's, just, an, it's an accident yeah, here alright hang, yeah. hang on it's just one of those natural yeah. situations when you're right, wrestling with on. a guy with an erection <laughs> and he just naturally pokes you in but, the eye right. one of those natural situations is it like but does it happen like suddenly and without warning or is it like is it kind of like a clockwork orange where you got like clamps prying your eyeballs open Okay. And you're strapped to a chair with, with the intention of some psychopath with an erection yeah. jabbing you in the eye when, yeah. you, when you can't blink. So here's you can't the situation. Even, you can't even attempt to shield your eye. Here's the situation. Think a combination of clockwork orange okay. and reservoir dogs. You're tied up to a chair. Mm. Guy's got a little music on. He's dancing. Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> He's also kind of chubbing up. Chubbing up his dick, you know, like playing with himself a little bit. <laughs> and at a certain point, he's like, Look, Fluffing it up. This is going in your eye. Aye. And at a certain point, with your eye open, he's just going to fucking jam his dick in your eye hard enough to maybe affect your vision for a little while. You definitely have to put like a, a gauze pad over it when you, if you go out in the sun you for six weeks. You gotta wire an eye patch for six weeks. Six weeks. That's how hard he pokes you because your eye is damaged. Now the other situation I, isn't just this friendly an little nibble. Wait, it's that like you're 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 getting a beaner from a girl, and and then she's like, hey, you know what? I know that you cheated on me. Ah! Oh, and she and she clamps down on it, and you're like, oh my god, let me go. And she's like. <laughs> and you've got to like do a little tug of war for a second and I, then like you get it away I would and you got to put some band-aids on it for a couple of weeks and leave it alone and it kind of hurts but I you got, don't have to see a doctor I got an answer man I would take I would take the dick in the eye because ha- having another human being really chomp down on your dick yeah sounds incredibly painful scary and Eye patches are awesome. Yeah, eye patches are sweet, dude. If you had an, if you had a valid reason to have an eye patch for six weeks, imagine the conversations that would start. If would you, you tell happen, people is because you get poked in the eye with a dick? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would make up a fantastic story for the bars, but it'd be better if for the single girls. It'd be better than the, like walking the, around uh, in a diaper because you're like your shaft is oh, bleeding dude. every now and then. You get a couple stitches. In your Having breath. an eye patch would be great. Temporarily. Temporarily. Temporarily, yeah. For sure. Absolutely, yeah. I'd go but, that route. But then, every time you see a 3D movie and, like, something come, you know, like, you're watching a 3D movie and they go into a pool hall and you're gonna, they're going to do that shot where, like, <laughs> the pool cue is lined up with your face and it comes zooming at you. You, you get super like triggered. Flashback. Super triggered. Super triggered. PTSD. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this, though. I would never take a dick bite over fucking anything. I, I just don't want to get my dick bitten. That is, like, such a such a horrifying idea. Or, dude, how about this? Like, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> All right. I've always this? wondered in, like, uh, like, really gang-infested neighborhoods. Okay. Where the street is just a war zone. Okay. If, <laughs> if there's certain, if there's certain, like, shooters out there that are so, like, sick and twisted that not only are they gonna, like, fucking shoot at you, but I wonder if they purposefully take, like, dick shots at you. Like, 
there has to be people out there sick enough and crazy enough that they have, like, the intention of, like, shooting their enemy in the dick and the wherewithal to follow through with it. I think that human beings in the depths of war should have enough decency, no matter what, to never go to a place of such hatred to try to, like, hurt your dick. I, don't, I think that whether you're you know in happens, a fist though. fight outside of a baseball stadium or whether you're fucking, like, fighting for your land in, in some godforsaken third world country, uh, you should never go after your opponent's dick. No, no enemy should ever target the dick. Every holy book ever written includes that as a footnote. Don't fuck with the dick. Leave a guy's dick alone. Now... When a dick is referenced in a footnote, would that still be a footnote? It's a dick note. Or right? would it be? <laughs> it's a dick so with this page, with this page, I'm glad you saw that I one coming about to trigger that deep <laughs> internal mechanism that you have to protect your dick. Now I wanted people to look at this and see all the dick biting and like cover their cover their junk up or their kids' eyes maybe. Kids' eyes for sure. This you is know? not for children. I don't want kids to see this. Time travel page. Next page, time travel page. Um, Stonerwolf hits it, dives into the time stream. And this is like some time travel jargon. Fred the Fred, Fed talking a little bit of time travel. Okay, all right. They become best friends. I um, like that. Yeah. I like that. But then the dick tentacle kind of follows them into Oof. the time stream, grabs Fred, yanks him through, um, and they get split up. And Fred gets thrown sideways through time. And mm. see, they in the it, it, it's another... Um, page you have to twist to read it. This one doesn't go all the way around, but it does a big, crazy twist. You really gotta, like, physically move this comic to fuck with it. Okay. Alright, let's just jump right ahead to the next one and chug through here a little bit so I can kind of get to, to where this whole thing's going. Now they're time traveling. Now they're in the time stream. I put this together knowing I was gonna send these guys in the time stream to get back to the next page, which takes us right back to the first page of issue one. It's Stoner Wolf waking up in bed. Instead of a typical day in the life of the stoner, it says a typical life in the day of the stoner. And and he's already a werewolf. He's not the stoner. He wakes up in bed as a werewolf. It's going to be the same time, 10, 15 a.m. All the same stuff is there. The bong, the apple, the lamp. Um, great, great feet on him. Thanks, man. I wanted to make it, since it's a bigger page, I drew the first one in a smaller sketchbook. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give it this kind of like HD look of more okay. depth and more more going on, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he says, OMG, uh, and I like it in the first one, he says WTF, and this one just says OMG, that's another, like, bit of the wolf, the stoner here, he speaks like that, and cusses a lot. Uh-huh, sure. And then he's gonna say, but what about, and we get the arrival of Fred the Friend, and he kicks in the door, just like he did in the first issue, and he says, that's right, Stony, I'm back, but I didn't come alone, and he has a shadowy figure behind him. Okay. So, this was a big question for me, because I knew I wanted to bring another character in. I knew I was, like, moving on to the next crazy little story. I might loop back to that Lena Dunham thing in the future, but right now I'm just moving on to something else entirely. It had to go bigger and better and more over the top. So this next page, which you can see I've got really loosely structured here, there's a lot of twisty turning stuff, because it's an exposition page of Fred the Fed explaining that his time-traveling ward is young Adolf Hitler. Oh, yeah. That's where uh, young Adolf comes into this. I had to bring Hitler into this. 
I I just had to bring up Hitler. Okay. I just had to bring up Hitler. I don't know why, but I just had to go there. It was it's just... Goodwin's Law. Every conversation eventually leads to Hitler when you talk politics or anything. Um, on Facebook, everything eventually leads to Hitler. All roads lead to Hitler. I had to throw Hitler in here, especially to play with this like central question of if you have teenage time-traveling Hitler, who's just a young man who is powerfully motivated to change the world and full of like rage and intention and volition, but hasn't done any of these evil things yet, is that a bad guy? Or is that somebody that can be saved? Or is that an okay person? What right, is that? Sure. You know? So I wanted to have him be the Robin to Fred's Batman. And then Fred gives a little backstory that he was tumbling through time, and we do some more topsy-turvy stuff with the page. This one gets really fucking crazy. you got to turn this one and twist it a lot. And it just gets to Fred explaining that he was traveling through time, figured out how to navigate the time stream, went back to Austria in like 1904, I think is what I figured out when Hitler was about 10, and abducted Adolf Hitler straight from the woods of Austria in like 1900. Um, He's and, from Austria, huh? Yep, yep. And he took Hitler time traveling with him. And that brings us to the next page, this big spiral page, which is another more stories of time travel. I've laid this one out on smaller pages. This is just a structure of it you're looking at here. A lot of the details aren't there. Um, but in this one, Fred is explaining... Um, that he's been traveling through time trying to, like, fix small injustices with Hitler as the Robin to his Batman. You know, he's his ward. And they do a little bit of, like, talking about the kind of the morality of it. Is this okay? Is this not okay? Okay. Um, and that leads us to this big juicy page here. Some big close-ups. This is an important page. We get the close-up of the stoner, close-up of Fred, and them arguing. And what's happening here is these guys are both, like, a part of me. The stoner is... The stoner wolf is my, like, wild, freaked-out, crazy, drug-addled side. The savage that wants to go further and just fuck with stuff. And, um... And Fred is um, the more, like, put-together, calculated part of me. My emotions okay. versus my logic, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and basically, the, 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 they're yelling at each other, saying, like, hey, you can't do this. People are going to think you're fucking crazy. You know, you can't, you can't talk about Hitler. You can't, and this is all just me talking to myself. It's all monologue, not monologue, but dialogue yeah. between them. In which the is basically saying that you can't do this because people are going to think you're crazy. And Fred's saying this, Fred's saying, I have to do this. Maybe I am kind of crazy, you know? Like, sure, I have sure. to. It's here. If I can bring it into reality, then I have to, right? Like, yeah. I can say these things, so let me say them and see what it does to the room, and then we'll figure it out from there, you know? Um, and they debate about it a little bit, and Hitler says, no, this is all lies, this is all bullshit, I hate it. And he lays out the truth, which is that he went time-traveling on the side without Fred, and he figured out who he grows up to be. There's another twisty-turny page in here. Very loosely laid out. This one is a real spiral. I put a lot of effort so in figuring due, this one out. Due to the time travel, Hitler finds out what he grows up to be? He finds out that one day he grows up to be the most evil man in history. And Fred is basically saying, hey, this is predetermined, so no matter what I do with the kid now, he's going to go back to his own time and not remember any of this. Right. So, so this is predetermined. It doesn't matter. We're just trying to go and like see if we can fix things or see if we can learn some lesson about the universe. I'm trying to figure it all out here. And um, 
And it's all predetermined. And Hitler says, no, that's not true. This guy's trying to change the time stream. He's, he's changing the world, and I don't know why, and I don't know how, but he is, and it's this big spiral. I've written this out. It's kind of a complex, like, time travel, wackadoodle speech. Um, again, just debating the laws of time travel. I love that shit in comics when you try to figure out the laws of time travel. So in this comic, I wanted to, like, write laws and then change the laws and break the laws and write new laws. And not have any concrete reality because the story doesn't matter. There's no central narrative to this. Every page totally rewrites reality in this comic. Nothing matters but the next page, you know? Different way to get through storytelling. Um, But on this page, Hitler says Fred's a liar. He's trying to change history for his own benefit, and I can prove it. And that brings us to the climax of this page, this comic, which I believe is Hitler putting a gun in his mouth, and blowing out his brains all over the stoner wolf and Fred the Fed's face. Wow. Yeah, it's a big, juicy image. The question here is, would, would Hitler become a sympathetic character? Would you feel for Hitler if he was just a boy who knew about all the evil he would one day do and killed himself just to keep it from happening? Does that, would re- I, does that redeem him as a character? Does that make him a good guy in this thing? Can we look at this comic and be like, oh, Hitler, Adolf Hitler is a heroic, sympathetic figure in this comic. That's kind of what I'm trying to do is, is create this weird sense of subverting reality and put some weird fucking tough questions on the table and fuck with people a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think that would fuck with people a lot. And this self-inflicted gunshot wound scene is a lot. It might be too yeah. much. It's a lot. So... Looks pretty heavy. So I got to... Pull you up onto the blog here, since this is a blog that went up before you started subscribing. But one of the prior blogs has up a, um, and anybody listening should find this too, if you still have time. Because you can save Hitler. I've thought of a different way for this comic to go. There's an out. Hitler doesn't have to die. Teenage time-traveling Hitler can carry on as his own character and be gone for a little bit. Maybe come back later. But we can get out of this scene without him killing himself. I don't know if this is too much, too much, too much, or maybe like just too much enough, or maybe not even enough too much. So I've got a blog up that lays out this comic a little bit and the idea, the story, and it ultimately posits the question of does teenage time-traveling Hitler have to kill himself? And I'm going to let the patrons vote on that. And when it's time to ink this page, whatever has the most votes is going to be what happens. If we get a yes vote, then this is going to be a big, bloody, visceral disaster of the back of his head just all over the stoner wolf's face, eyes rolling back in his head, close up on Hitler's face as he's blowing out his own brains. Um, It's a lot. It's super heavy and intense. And I've got a sense of direction for it either way. Yeah. And again, I might just throw that whole sense of direction out. Um, but but yeah, that's it. So that's where it's going. That's the big climactic the last page of, of this comic. That is quite a lot to take in. Yeah. So then after this, the Stoner Wolf is going to run off. Heading into the third comic, he turns himself into a little dog. Smokes more weed, turns a little dog, runs through the streets of San Francisco. I want to do a couple of big pages like this that are just really beautiful, kind of quiet, melancholy cityscapes. Mm-hmm. After this crazy, shocking page, it's going to turn very peaceful, 
Just drawings of a little dog and big, beautiful cityscapes for yeah. a couple of pages because I oh. want to like change the tone of this thing drastically. Okay. And then it's going to turn into the very stru- structured pages of the Seek Art sketchbook. And it's going to look a lot more like a traditional comic as we come back into the stoner, the main character, not a werewolf anymore, just going through an ordinary day in his life in San Francisco. And at first, it's going to look very normal. Totally like he's just out and about in San Francisco, sure. modern day. Except there'll be a little bit of a difference in the architecture. It's going to look a little bit more like like mid, uh, not Midwestern, but Southwestern. Mm. It'll look like kind of San Francisco times like Santa Fe. And throughout the course of the comic, the reveal is going to be that he's just going to have a normal day. He's going to run to an ex-girlfriend, have like just a normal day in the life. Okay. And then the reveal that we're going to build up to is that this is the world that Fred the Fed has changed. He's gone back and changed history in a few crucial places. That's made modern day a totally different place. But the stoner doesn't remember. He's just back in a normal day in his life. He woke up this morning, smoked some weed, had some crazy thoughts, and now he's back in a normal normal day in his life. Except it's a different world. It's a different reality. And the third comic is going to end with Fred the Fed showing back up to basically say, hey, I know you don't remember this, but I fucked up the time stream and I need your help to fix it. And what's different specifically in that world is that Fred the Fed kept Europeans from colonizing America. And it's a North America Mm. that has, as the majority ethnic class, Native Americans. Oh, that's awesome. I'd love to see that. And and the world has changed accordingly, right? Yeah. If, If Europe couldn't export all the people they sent to America and they had to stay there in Europe, and North America had been wiped out by plague before we got here... But if Fred the Fed went back in time and gave them um, vaccines and kept them healthy when the Europeans arrived and helped them organize and keep them and help them fight off the Europeans at, at the Atlantic coast mm-hmm. and didn't let North America get, get, get colonized and they grew into the world superpower, what would the world look like? How would it be different if a, an indigenous-run North America was the world's global superpower instead of a North America that had been colonized by Europeans. And if Europeans were a relatively recent migrant class that had been allowed to migrate to get, get away from the war-torn, overpopulated continent of North America, of mm. Europe, rather, and they came to North America essentially as refugees and were kind of, like, looked down on and disliked and were, like, a, an oppressed minority class, that were under the boot heel of the indigenous locals, you know, and they were most of the poor. Um, and the whole world had unfolded differently because Europe didn't swipe North America in the name of whiteness and, and create um, white supremacy based out of, out of the United States of America. Uh, so, so that's where I want to go with the next couple of issues. Okay. And find new ways to fuck with it and subvert it and kind of keep going crazy with it and tell stories in that world a little bit and then sure. pull them out of that world. And then I want to get into Flat Earth stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I think that they escape from Flat Earth and I've got a whole sense that maybe they're on a human, uh, on like an intergalactic zoo, that some of the conspiracy theories of Flat Earth are actually true. And that is a way to take the story even bigger than time travel. And basically get to their overlords who are trillion-year-old beings made entirely of light that aren't affected by time travel. And they're like, hey, 
you little critters have really fucked up your world. You know, you guys have really done something weird here, you know? Sure. And they get to, they get to, revealed to them is like the conspiracy theory of creation, you know? So I want to take this to the biggest, craziest, stoniest places possible. Okay. Um, and that's, that's where I'm at so far. Right now, the crossroads that I'm at is, does Hitler live or die? Does teenage time traveling Adolf Hitler live or die? First thoughts on that, live or die? I think he's got to die. He's got to die. I'm team die too. I'm trying not to say that too much in the blog or anything. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of team dead Hitler. I think that he needs to die in a big, gross, gruesome scene, and then I think I'm gonna bring him back anyways. So. Well, and it's it's very uh, the way you've set it up. His death is very noble, and he's very heroic yeah. for taking himself out, knowing what he knows about what he'll eventually turn into. Well, you know, I just want to create that weird moral conundrum for people that like can. Hitler be a heroic figure for you if he is a fully fictionalized version of Hitler that is entirely divorced from the reality of that character other than in his name. In name only does he have any connection to Adolf Hitler. He's a fictional character that I've plucked out of the ether and tried to find a way to like to make you sympathetic for him. And ultimately I want people to flip that page and see him blowing his brains out and feel bad for him. You know? Oh, Hitler. Yeah, that's how I want to fuck with people. And make them take that one minute to step back and be like, Ugh, yeah. that's gross. I don't like that. Sure. Um, and you know, a lot of my art is just genuinely about like making people feel kind of weird and squidgy and even a little bit unhappy for a minute. Um, but I don't know. It satisfies me. And uh, I think it's cool. And some other people seem to like it. So, so hopefully it works. Yeah. But that's where we're at, man. So we're heading into issue two. And then I think... That I can, so I think that issue two out by mid-November, issue three, I can do like first quarter of the new year, and then I'm going to do like four next year. 2019, I'm going to do like one a quarter, hopefully. That's my okay. goal. Um, and keep building subscribers. My goal for issue two is to have at least 10 subscribers by the time I drop issue two. Hopefully this podcast will help that along. Um and then the goal for, and then there's no like hard goals for, for anything beyond that, but I would love to get four more issues out next year. And then after we've got seven issues out, fucking either hang this thing up or keep it going. Ultimately, I think that the stoner can be a magazine that's like a cross between fucking Rolling Stone and Mad Magazine and High Times and Maxim. And it can be a bunch of weird illustrated features like the ones I've got here. I've got some extra material for the, the, the second issue, just like I put all of my Seek Art comics at the end of the first issue. I've got some cool extra material for the second issue and the third issue. And I'm like, you know, maybe at some point I just transition the stoner into, like, a magazine that's driven by illustration and recurring comics. And maybe I add more stories. Maybe I get other artists putting in on it, you know? Sure. How many different ways can I build this thing out? What can I do with the stoner from here but it starts with yeah. telling this story the stoner saga and I don't know I think it works I'm pretty into it right now absolutely man I think it's fantastic thanks buddy any other thoughts on the stoner uh not really I dig it I dig that it's very bizarre okay as yeah, yeah. How about there, huh? as it should be when it comes to smoking marijuana yeah. Um, I want it to be a real stony experience, you know? I really do. I really like the twist of Native Americans being like the, uh, 
El Jefes of America, and Europeans being these second-class kind of uh, ratty citizens. Yeah. Love that. That's how I see that playing out. Is is I think what happens in the third issue is, or maybe even fourth issue, it's a real normal scene of the stoner running into an ex-girlfriend and having kind of like a little dreamy time and catching up with her. And then as he's walking out of the cafe they're in, he accidentally bumps into a couple of indigenous and they're like, yo, watch it, creamy. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right? I'm sorry, sir. And her friend is like, you know, one of the one of the, the indigenous <laughs> chicks is like, oh, don't say that. You know, that's gross. Don't use racial slurs. And he's like, oh, you're such a social justice warrior. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just a total recalibration. I think it's fertile soil. I think it'll be fun to fuck with. I think it's about time Native Americans get their day in the sun. I think it's a, a cool, different way to look at it. I yeah. think it could be... I think it could totally. be. I think it's a fun way to subvert reality and find a new story out there and, and to change the timeline around a little bit and make something cool out of it. So, I don't know. Um, we'll see what we can do with that. But anyways, <sighs> thanks for listening to all that, dude. Of course, pal. Um, we'll shut this down. And maybe... So, we've got a third podcast in the can. I think that we've got two good ones here laying out the first issue of The Stoner and the future of The Stoner. And then I think we've got... You and know, the, uh, our good test run podcast. <laughs> so we'll wrap this thing here. All right, we're going to go cook up some carnitas. Yeah. Thanks for talking the stoner with me, buddy.